You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. speaking. I uh, am growing a beard. All the pastors are growing a beard in No Shave November. And uh, it's not a competition, but I think you will agree by the end of the month that this old guy will show the young squirts how to really grow a beard. Which has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. I, uh, I sense the Spirit of God is really present today. It's very thick. I just want to acknowledge that. And, and that's, uh, that's a very good thing. We're talking today about God's church. We're talking about God's church, specifically being Schweitzer. And in this series of messages, we're talking about how that God raises up different congregations that are different, just like every one of us in this room are different. We don't have the exact same personality or we have our own DNA. And I love a lot of churches in this town. I have a great relationship with a lot of pastors up and down the street. I love Red Tree. I love East Sunshine Church of Christ. I love Hope. I love Glendale Christian. We have a special relationship with those churches. I love Kingsway Methodist. We are not in any way in competition with our brothers and sisters. And I I, I love the fact that they are different than us. And I love the fact that God has raised up a specific type of DNA of who we are at Schweitzer. And in, in our series of messages about be part of this, last week we started out by talking about community impact, that this is a church that has a profound focus on making an impact of people beyond these walls, especially people who are down and out, who are impoverished, who are up against it in life. And uh, it's not about doing things for people, it's doing things with people. And so community impact is one of those ingredients uh, that's, uh, that's a person that Schweitzer, a disciple of Jesus, I hope, you, directly or indirectly, want to be a part of that. Today we're talking about caring hearts. And uh, when I think about community impact, I think about what we do. Or what we do maybe in the name of Jesus. But caring hearts is about how we do it. Caring hearts is about love. And you can't just do it. You, you got to feel it, you got to want it, 
and you've got to be driven by something greater than our own human love. And that's the love of God. Now, Scripture says it best when it says, you know, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, and if I have the gift of prophecy, if I can get up and preach, if I can have the faith to move mountains, if I can give everything I have to the poor, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. There's a lot of good things that's done in the community, but, boy, when someone does it in love, or when you and I really become a part of a family where we are really loving on each other, then who doesn't want to be a part of that? So today we're talking about caring hearts. And some of you, you're just by your nature, you're, you're a loving, caring person. I mean, we got one gal on staff that, I mean, she prays when a bug dies. I just don't get that. And when I get up in the morning, you know, I, I just don't always ooze love like Jim Mason. I mean, you know, the guy just, Pastor Jim, if you know him, just kind of oozes love. Well, I got to lean into it. I, I got to lean into Jesus. So whoever you are, whether you're by nature a very loving, compassionate person or whether You've got to get it by rubbing off and rubbing around other people, but especially leaning into Jesus. I'm here to tell you, for my personal witness, I may have been the least candidate of all, but I have the love of Jesus in my heart. He is the most loving heart that's ever walked the earth. And so... As we think about caring hearts, where else do we go but to Jesus? And where else do we go but to the Scriptures? Let's look at Matthew chapter 9 together. We're going to look at this passage in which Jesus is doing his stuff. <laughs> and so it says to us in Matthew 9, beginning at verse 35, that Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in their synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So what was Jesus about according to, what, according to this verse? Announcing the good news, good news, preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. That's what Jesus did. That's who he was. Now let's read on in verse 36. So when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now Jesus had a way of looking at people. He had a way of, of picking out a person in the crowd. He saw the crowds, but he saw individuals. And if you would just read chapter 9, all the verses that just precede this one chapter, you will find that Jesus raised a girl from the dead. You'll find that Jesus healed a woman. You'll find that Jesus healed two blind men. You'll find that Jesus reached out to a, a, a despicable 
awful guy named Levi, otherwise known as Matthew, who was a, a, a tax cheater and a collector of people. You'll find that in the midst of all this, Jesus had a way with people. And all those different people just mentioned in this chapter, some were rich and some were poor. Some were insiders, some were outsiders, some were young, some were old, some were religious, and some were anything but religious. But when Jesus saw a person, he just saw a person, he just saw people. He didn't see categories. He was able to look into their eyes and love them and give them what they needed in that moment. And that's the heart of what we have to have, what we want to have in this world. One thing I think we would all agree on today is that the world is in desperate need of caring hearts, of people who know how to love, not just with a human love, but with the love of Jesus Christ living and flowing through our hearts. But what does Jesus say when they need a shepherd? I thought he was the shepherd, right? But he goes on to say, he said to the disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. You see, Jesus recognized when he was a human being, God in the flesh, that he couldn't do it all. He was doing all these things that we just described from the ninth chapter of Matthew. But Jesus was limited as a human being then, just as he is now. And so Jesus prays, or he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And just as that was true then, friends, it's true today. The fields, the rightness, the human hurt, the brokenness, the stress and the pressure that we are all feeling and people beyond us are feeling in this community and world are beyond us. And there's simply not enough workers out in life, in the community and through our church to be the hands and feet and the heart of Jesus Christ. So today, you know, I stand before you as the pastor, one of the pastors, and just say, I want to be part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. I want to be part of what he's up to and what he's doing. And I want to be used of God and I believe that you, you do too. And this morning, just as Jesus was able to pick out any one individual in the crowd, I think Jesus is speaking to each one of us this morning in a personal way. I want to talk with you specifically about ways in which you can get involved in the Caring Heart Ministry at Schweitzer for a while. I want to mention, for one thing, that we are doing a serve audit 
which may not sound very exciting, but there's about 10 people that are volunteering their time that if you if you're on our roll, you know, if we've got your contact, you can expect a phone call over the course of the next month or so. They've already started those calls, I think. And it's simply to ask, are you serving somewhere specifically in the church? And if you are, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to say thank you. But if you're not, they are simply designed to help you find that place based on your passion, your personality, your gifts, and your availability where you can serve. There is nothing about, there's nothing like serving and rolling up your sleeves in some way in making a difference and being a part of a church. And so when you get that phone call, be very kind <laughs> and receptive to those people. It's not a political call. And then in the Caring Heart Ministries, there's a listing of things in your bulletin. You can look at those. You can look at those contacts. Maybe one of those things just kind of leaps out at you. And you say, yeah, I believe that Jesus is touching my heart with his love that he wants me to extend to somebody else in one of those areas. Now, two of those things I want to talk about specifically where we really have a need. One is our snail mail ministry. Karma, thank you for leading this ministry. Would you just raise your hand so people can, I know you're, you're, you're yeah, you're waving at me. Uh, karma had a vision from God to begin this ministry. And in a world where so many things are individualized and multitasked, um, they reproduce, they create their own cards. And they write notes in those cards, personalized notes of someone writing to you about remembering you with their thoughts, their prayers, their encouragement. I got a card a couple of weeks ago that I didn't see coming. Just rocked my world. That someone in the church was more aware of something I was carrying than I was. And it made a world of difference. You want to be a part of a ministry that is going to touch hearts in deep, rich ways, consider snail mail. Another ministry that we do is homebound visits. There is something powerful about the presence of a person. I mean, when someone is there for you, and we have scores of people, mainly older people in this church, who are homebound. And simply to have another person make a monthly visit in their home and to give them a phone call once a month and be that source of communication for them and that connection in their life from their church family makes all the difference in the world.
For anyone this morning that's involved in any one of our care ministries, would you please stand? I just want to recognize you and thank you. Anyone here that's, that's doing that? A patch volunteer. Thank you. The only prison in Missouri that's specialized just for women is in Chillicothe, and we have had patch ministry for years from this church where once a month people drive persons, uh, uh, children of those who are residents in Chillicothe. That's a great, that's a great ministry. Yeah. So thank you. You want to say something, George? Yeah. Well, it's the, first, it's the first time, brother. Thank you for serving. Thank you. Appreciate it. I want you to watch a video right now of benefactors, of three people who have been touched in a special way by the caring hearts in this congregation. Let's watch. I think so much about the importance of people physically being there. Um, in your case, uh, for you and, and for your family support and, and really for all of you, whether you were the one in the hospital or you were caring for someone who was in the hospital, um, how, how important was that to you, to any of you, um, that someone was physically there and that also maybe, I would assume that you also got letters or cards or phone calls, things like that, but, but just the idea of, of sharing uh, sharing a room with someone, breathing the same air as someone, and in terms of support, um, how big was that? Um, yep, uh, I don't know, about a month ago or so, took uh, my daughter McKinsey to what I thought would just be an urgent care visit, and we'd be home in a couple hours, and that um, turned into a two-day hospital stay. And so, you know, as a parent, you're trying to stay strong, and because your child is hurting, and if you're not strong, they're taking out their pain on you too. Right. And so if you're not strong, um, then, then the kiddo is going to have a hard time. And so um, we were blessed with um, a visit from um, Patsy, um, and she just was just a short visit, but that time to come in and pray with us and just, you know, she brought a toy for McKinsey, which she didn't have to do, and it actually was one of McKinsey's favorites and was one of the very few smiles we saw while the couple days that she was in the hospital and Patsy didn't know us and she had no idea so if you you know right there we saw God and just through that small little interaction and that small gesture and so just so neat that through her caring and through God's love that just that extra support to help us get through that and now you'd never know Kinsey was in the hospital so yeah. that's awesome Roger what about you um, my story is my parents, uh, Van and Roberta Garrison, uh, members here, and my dad passed away unexpectedly about a year ago, and I was out of town when that happened. He had a heart attack, so I mean, it was just overnight and yeah. done, but, and my mom had early Alzheimer's, so she wasn't really understanding everything, but... I was out of town in Tulsa, and I called Mason, and he was right there in the house. Yeah. You know, before my wife or my kids or anyone get over there. And uh, he's so awesome. And he, he would always... He 
he'd always show up like before any dance surgeries or anything. Mm -hmm. Mom said it was magic. And then after um, Dad passed, you know, and he was more with Mason, you know, but uh, Jim was actually going out of the country somewhere with his wife scheduled to. So for Dad's funeral, we had Jason do it, and Jason didn't really know my dad. But I swear that you would think Jason had known my dad for 30 years. Yeah. Would you mind sharing your story? No, that's fine. I was in the hospital and nursing homes, rehabilitation centers for three and a half months. And during that time, all of our ministers came to visit me. Jim Mason, especially Jim, was there about three times a week for three and a half months. We just had so many people uh, concerned and cards and letters. It's all from Schweitzer. Schweitzer, no one can say that Schweitzer is not a good church or a caring church. As we do this ministry, you know where the greatest need is? We need more men, and we need younger people rather than older people. In other words, if you're an older female, thank you. <laughs> if you're a younger female, you probably are raising a family. We get it. But if, if you're a guy that's available to visit another guy, man, that's, that's gold. And if you're a younger adult, which is anyone younger than me, <laughs> That is gold. If you want to be a part of any of these caring ministries that's reaching out to people with the love of Jesus. When I was a, a younger pastor, one of the things I loved to do was I, I, I loved to take my son Jonathan with me. And uh, Jonathan was a, a very serious musician, and he still is a very serious musician. He plays the organ at a large Catholic parish in Columbus, Ohio. And um, one of the things that he loved to do when he was four or five years of age, he would get up on Sunday morning and he would put on his suit and his tie. Back in the day, I wore a suit and tie every Sunday morning. And he would go with me to church at 7 o'clock every Sunday. And uh, he would go and he would do parish calls with me. We have a, a note here from a lady in the north side of Springfield from... Uh, 30 years ago, thanking Jonathan for touching her life. And I remember the time when I was calling on a guy named Frank in Kansas City. And Frank was dying. And Jonathan went with me. And I thought, do I, do I bring my son to a deathbed? Do I protect him from those kind of things? Or do I take him into real life stuff? And he went along. I'll never forget the moment when my son reached over and patted Frank on the hand. I think Frank knew, and I know that his wife, Sue, knew 
the touch of a child. Think creatively, friends. Those of you who have children at home, maybe there's something God wants to do with you as a family. If pets can lighten the load, I know Aaron Johnson takes pets to nursing care facilities. How much more for the presence of a child or anyone that is younger or anyone that has the love of Jesus in their hearts. This morning, let's be part of this. Let's be part of the ministry of Jesus Christ in a hurting world. Jesus prayed this prayer, the final verse of the chapter. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Let's be part of the answer to the prayers of Jesus. You can also help us this, as a member of this church, a part of this congregation, in the giving of your gifts. In the last couple of days, we sent a letter out, and in the midst of all the political campaigning and the crap that's in my mailbox, you may have missed it. But I hope you opened up this envelope that talks to you about what God's doing here. And we didn't have one bad word to say about anybody in this. Not one bad word. So be a part of a movement. Be a part of a church. It's seeking to experience and extend the love of Jesus Christ. You know, I blow it all the time. We go Friday, we had some friends in, from out of town, and I was given the assignment to get a reservation at Cracker Barrel. You'd think I could have handled that well. But five minute wait and the server wouldn't serve us because all of us weren't there and our friends just had about a, an hour then they had to go on somewhere else. And so someone dropped off a bus and there's all these old people on this bus and they all get in front of us. And, and I say to the server, oh, so you're telling me I'm screwed. He's a great witness of Jesus. But I felt all this pressure but we got seated within, miraculously, within five minutes. And after we had our meal, and the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to give that server your apology and give her $5. Now, I usually don't carry much money in, in my pocket, so I don't get any hopes up. But 
I had $55 in my pocket because I had gone got a $55 check. The Holy Spirit might have said $50, but I, I just gave her five. <laughs> but I walked up to her and I said, I am sorry for my rudeness. Would you take this? No, you weren't rude. Yeah, I was rude. Take this. I don't want your money. Well, I'm sorry. I gave it to her and went on. So the heart of Jesus is something that organizationally flows through a church, but most of all it flows organically. It happens in our lives every day where the rubber meets the road. And we all blow it sometimes. But all of us can be a person of a loving heart. And I have found that when I listen to the Spirit and I correct myself, then the love of God is flowing again into my life and my spirit. Well, this morning we're going to receive an offering and uh, we're going to go into a, a final time of worship. And so as we go into this time of worship, I want to invite the ushers to come down and worship God the giving of our gifts. If you would like to indicate on that card where you want to serve in this church for the love of Jesus Christ, please do that or just look up those names later and contact somebody and rock somebody's world and shock somebody who's leading a ministry because someone's volunteering and saying, God got a hold of me today and I want to do something. To touch the life with the love of God. God bless you.